for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Welcome to everybody here this evening. I commend you for coming out, having the diligence to come and listen to God's word and avail yourself of the things that he has for us, which are many and great. <clears throat> I thank the Father for this opportunity for all of us to gather together this evening. And I should say this, we, I do have paper up here again and like the mechanical pencil things if anybody wants to take notes and didn't bring anything with you. And we do have the books available, I believe everybody has one now, <clears throat> and the handouts. And we'll jump right into it because like I said, I do need all the time I can get this evening if you would. And let's, let's do the same thing though because this is extremely important as far as I'm concerned. Let's take, let's take a couple minutes and pray in the spirit to allow our spirit man to come to ascendancy. It's not just a knowledge and our feelings. We want the spirit of God to speak and direct each and every one of us here. So I've already heard a couple good testimonies about people that have been reading their books. And uh, it's not just like a book you can read one time through anyhow. Basically, no book would be like that and get everything out of it. But this is something that I would encourage you to take the time and look at it, read through it. When it gives you the references, look the references up. The same with the handouts, you'll have references on there. Begin to look at it again because the Spirit of God will definitely speak to you and show you something that fits for you right now. It's like a, a daily word, so to speak, something we need in our lives. And it'll come by revelation. We can, we're gonna, I will be ministering in the English language this evening as far as I know right now. So... <clears throat> So most of you will be able to grasp that, but it's what he speaks to us and what he shows to us that's really going to make the difference in all of our lives. <clears throat> okay, so uh, we've got several references. We'll look at some of these. Uh, we'll probably look at all of them, but look at it maybe a little bit more quickly. So let's go to Genesis 1, 26 and 28. And as we're turning there... Uh, I mean, this goes back a long while now. I mean, this goes back, I mean, even before Pre President Trump got elected. So, I mean, this goes back a long while. Yeah, that's right. Genesis, the first book in the Bible. <clears throat> uh, 126 to 28. And like last week when we shared a few things that had been spoken and done in the congregation and tried to relate those, how they're going to fit into all that we're seeing, you're going to see actually maybe just a few, more, a few more of those again this evening being mentioned. Genesis 1 and 26, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them. So not only this universe, the world, everything that's in it, mankind, God spoke in the being. We are made in his image and in his, his likeness. <clears throat> uh, I want us to jump down to the last verse in that chapter right now. Genesis 131. It says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, in the evening and the morning were the sixth day. There's a reason they point that particular, script, particular scripture out after the other two we've already looked at. And that is this. It'll make sense here in a minute. <clears throat> when it says that he had made him, behold, it was very good, well, on Wednesday nights, if you come early enough, you'll be able to hear them practice and worship for the week or whatever. And how many know, I'm sure the pastor and the pastorettes will probably know this. I don't, I don't even know it myself, but I know we sing a song here, and, and part of it goes like this. Sing a little louder, sing a little louder. <clears throat> well, this is why that's interesting. The word, when it comes to the very good, that word very well, <clears throat> not in the Greek, seeing this is the Old Testament in Hebrew. But you know what that word very good, word very means? Wait to hear this one. 
louder and louder. He said it was very good, louder and louder. Now, does that mean he raised his voice? Whatever, I don't know, but look it up. It's uh, H for Hebrew, 3966. Very good. <clears throat> and we sing that song here. Sing a little louder. So Sunday morning, whenever we sing it again, we're going to have to get louder. <clears throat> God created man, blessed him, and gave him dominion all by saying, or all by his speech. And we're made in his image and likeness. It's the same for our lives. <clears throat> all right, staying in the Old Testament, we'll go to Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. Deuteronomy 8.18. Uh, I'm going to wake up here. Alrighty. If I press the button drag, it'll work, so it's an operator problem. Deuteronomy 8.18. Thou shalt remember... The Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day. Remember the Lord thy God, he giveth thee power to get wealth. God has the ability to do it. This was written way back in the Old Testament, folks. This is not in... New Day, End Time Church, when people begin to have a, more of a grasp and an understanding about finances. But way back then, this was God's design. And everything he created was for his man, his creation, us. God created man, blessed him, and gave him dominion by his words. Not only made us, but gave us dominion, spoke the dominion into our life by the words. And so hence... The theme's following the same way. We're talking, going to get into some things. And, and probably, I would hope that all of you had the opportunity to read parts of the book or all the way through it. And some of it has already, you've been able to see where it's going So from what we're speaking this evening. But absolutely, God did this. He created us. He spoke things into our life, and it came by him saying so. <clears throat> Remember, Jehovah, the Lord our God, has given you power to get wealth. Your power is in your saying and believing. We can't just believe without speech. You can't just say and not have the believing, but it's the both of those. And that's where our power is. He's given us the power to get wealth, but our power is in our saying and believing. God cannot give you what you will not receive. Just like, I mean, if I had a $10,000 bill that I wanted to give you this evening. I think most people will gladly accept that. But somebody may not want that. Well, they don't have to just don't, don't put the hand out there. You don't have to worry about taking it. So, but if somebody came along wanted to give you the flu this evening, nicks, nine donka. In other words, we don't, want any, we don't want anything to do with that. So God can give us things, but it's going to take us to be willing to receive it, give it entrance into our lives. And sometimes when we hear things, whatever the subject may be for the first time, and we're not familiar with it, when we say, hmm, i got to think about that one. And then he'll keep dealing with us. The grace of God will deal with us. And then we can see, I should have said yes the first time or whatever. So, <clears throat> All right, now let's move over to the New Testament to the Gospel according to Mark. Mark, the 11th chapter. And we'll... We'll look specifically at verses 23 and 24. I was listening to <clears throat> Brother Hagen on a, on a broadcast. Actually, I was going to mention that before, but like on YouTube, probably most of you people know it anyhow, a lot being maybe of the younger generation, but you can get all kinds of ministries on YouTube. I mean, you can get Brother Hagen, Brother Copeland, Jesse the Planet, you name it. They all have things on there, and some of them go 
many years back. Uh, but anyhow, this one individual was saying Brother Hagin told them to uh, turn to Mark 11 again. And the guy says, man, you always preach on Mark 11. He says, well, not always, but I'm there a lot. He says, I bet, I got thinking it over. He says, all the tapes I buy is, you must, he says, you must have 20 different sermons on Mark 11. He says, no, I actually get 50. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, Mark 11, 23 and 24. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that ye receive, and ye shall have. Interesting that when he's bringing this subject up, so to speak, or the Spirit of God obviously inspired Mark to write this down and record it, he has to bring up a mountain. And it doesn't bring up a molehill. It doesn't bring up some little problem maybe you could have in your life. But it just makes it look so far outstanding. I mean, one would ask, and I'm sure many have asked, especially when you're a young believer, say, well, that's got to be figuratively speaking about something. That couldn't really happen. Well, God gives things to us by saying. And then you and I, we f begin to find out we have to operate the same way in that realm to, be, to allow him to demonstrate through us the one that gave us life. So yes, literally. Now, have I ever cast a mountain into the sea? No. I haven't necessarily had the desire than the need to one, but that word right there, if that be not true, if that's just an example that's not real, well, then how do you know when it tells about, I should confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, how do you know if that one's true? Well, we're going to believe that one because we want to be saved. Well, yes, and there's plenty of good scriptures to believe, and some of the ones we're going to look at this evening about our lives individually, well, we want to believe those also. But this is, this is fact. This is gospel. I mean, it is the truth. That's what God said, and that's the way it is. And so in the way it relates it there, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, not think about it, not write a letter, no other way, he's talking about we have to speak. Now, when you're praying, well, you're going to be speaking also, whether you're going to be speaking in tongues or in your natural language or something. But whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Now there's such a thing as having doubt in your head many times when you're trying to believe God. And then we need to recognize that doubt and say, Man, what am I doing going here in this? I don't want to doubt him. And then, well, that's the adversary that's causing that doubt to come. That's not the Spirit of God bringing that doubt to you. That's the adversary. So we need to recognize him for who he is and then begin to S-A-Y, S-P-E-A-K, the right thing. Because death and life is in the power of the tongue. And so that's how it fits together. So you can have doubt going on in your head, but that does not mean you're doubting in your heart. <clears throat> shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. And that's why we need to feed on that. We need to recognize that the words of our mouth, those things will come to pass. And so that enables us and helps us to see, well, there's certainly plenty of things that I want to come to pass in my life. Well, if you want that to work for you, we need to understand we don't want to be saying the other things in. We want, to, we want our lives to be, I believe the things that I say are going to come to pass, so therefore, I'm not going to be able to say that. I won't say that. And many times you can look, I, in fact, I notice just from picking up some action sometimes, and I have no idea what the song is right now, but there's one song we sing. There's a line in there. Well, I don't sing that line because I don't like that line. I don't like what it's saying. I don't think it's true. So therefore... You know, just move the lips a little bit or whatever. But, and there could be plenty of songs that are really bad or, or other things. But the point being, we recognize in here in our spirit, man, that's not right. 
I don't, I don't go along with that. That's not, that's not according to God's word. That's not in line in an agreement with God's words. So we need to believe that the things we say come to pass. <clears throat> On our notes here, it says in verse 23, say or saith is three times in that verse. And I would point that out when we read this. It starts by saying, for verily I say unto you, this is being the Lord addressing him. That's why it's in red. So that say we wouldn't count. <clears throat> be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. And so the words say or saith is in there three times, and then the word doubt, the word believe, and the word have in that 23rd verse, they're all each there one time. And so... Uh, a way to say it, I guess, is we need to concentrate on our saying and on our speech three times as much as the other things. That's where our understanding should be. Just like this verse, we could say, well, we've, we've heard those two verses before and heard them taught on and on, and we need to hear them again. Just like the example goes, well, how many here like potatoes? Whether you do or not doesn't make a difference, but I do. I grew up on them in all kinds of fashions and ways. And so... Just because you've had it once before, a hundred times before, ten thousand times before, doesn't mean that you don't want it again. So, concentrate on our speech, on our confession, because we believe that the things that we say will come to pass. When God gave us the promises in Deuteronomy and the things he did us before, that all came by him saying things. And the way we're going to benefit from them is when we say them and speak them out of our own mouth in agreement with the word. <clears throat> I suggest to you that we have to do three times as much teaching and preaching or three times as much studying on our confession as we do on our believing. It's th it is that important in our life. It definitely, our whole life needs to be changed around that to make sure our speech, our confession, the things that we say agree with the Word of God, agree with what the Holy Spirit's guiding us and directing us and leading us into. We'll be much, much better off when we do that. Okay, the next reference, Ephesians 3.20. Uh, we'll mention, I'll mention something about this now. You, you can be turn it. In fact, I better turn to it before I forget it when I go to read it. Ephesians. Is that in the New Testament? Okay, very good. <clears throat> Ephesians 3.20. Jim's already answered this question in one way. But I think I might have asked it before everybody get in here and all. <clears throat> but Jim, you get another 10 points. What's today's date? 3.20. What's this verse? 3.20. What's something else that may be important about this verse, Ephesians 3.20? No, about, this, about that verse in this case. For those of you that were here, Brother Ben used this verse Sunday morning, did he not? <clears throat> the answer to that is yes. You can listen to the tape or the CD or whatever it is. And he's used it a couple times recently in the past. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Some of our previous verses, we talked about God giving us power. He gave us the power to get wealth. The way that's going to work in your life and in my life is we're going to have to grasp a hold of that, believe that in our heart, and make that part of our confession that we agree with the Word of God and, and along that line. <clears throat> According to the power that worketh in us, our power is in our saying. When God gives us the ability and the power to get wealth, He transferred something into our lives, so to speak, that we're going to partake of that activate that in our lives by our speech, by our, by our confession, agreeing with what he said. 
It's like many times you'll hear people say amen. Well, amen is fine. That's like an, it's a, it's a vocalization of your agreement with what they said. So be it is what it, what it really means. So we're agreeing with that. <clears throat> your faith will not grow or increase in your life. So Ben had the first part of Ephesians 3.20. But we don't want to leave his better part out of the picture either. So this would be Latasha. Your faith will not grow or increase in your life above the level of the words you speak. Did she not minister recently on levels, level to level? And I absolutely think that's something the Spirit of God is speaking to us as a fellowship. He doesn't want us on whatever the plateau is right now, no matter how high we are on that plateau from way back then when we started, but he doesn't want us to remain this level forever. He has more for us. He has more for us. He absolutely has more for us. And so we go from level to level. We, we mature, we grow up, we step up, we agree with it. Well, part of the way that's going to happen is through the words of our mouth, in agreement with what God says. Your faith will not grow or increase in your life above the level of the words you speak. They have to be in agreement with God's word and his kingdom. And then that will enable us to go on and grow up in him. Our Heavenly Father created this universe with words. We are made in his image and likeness. Our words will produce for us. Now depending on what those words are, you may not want what they're going to produce for you. Well, it's a very simple solution to that one. And what might that be? What's that? Change your words. Change your words? Or don't say those words anymore. If you don't like what they produced, Nick's, don't want that anymore. Well, just zip the lip on that one. Don't let that come out anymore. And we make the change on the inside of us, recognizing both in here and with our ears hearing it, that's not right. I don't want that. Well, then we don't give that place in our life anymore. We allow the Spirit of God to direct us. I got allow this, <coughs> my Spirit to direct me back here to the red folder because I didn't bring out one of the pages I wanted or needed. So. Well, you know, it's like that game show. What's behind the door? Guess what? It's not in the red folder, so. You got enough of them up here. I'll find it. I'll find it. Well, I don't believe it's the yellow one, but let's check it. I'm taking my time because I might as well look about as much as an idiot as I can. I know I have this. I know I have this paper with me. I mean, so you bear with me for a minute. I, I looked in the red folder. Yeah, that's just the papers. That's just the uh, papers. I tell you what, we'll go along without it if need be. So. There's something that happened in here. All right, folks. Okay. We ain't going to worry about that. All right. Moving right along. We're moving below Ephesians 3.20 on the sheet that you have. <clears throat> Nobody received my other sheet, did they, with all my little notes on the bottom? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know where it is, but I'm not going to be trying to look for it any longer. So, <clears throat> Our words will produce for us. Your mouth can make you prosperous or your mouth can make you poor. It's what we need to agree with in God's word to give him entrance into our life. When we find out, and we will know that. I mean, we can very well know that. We may, 
mistakenly out of something for whatever reason. Well, you will know by the time that comes out and hits your eardrums and all, and what's going on in here. You'll know that you know that wasn't right. That didn't come across right or whatever. That'll get filed in your little hard drive. You'll recognize, well, I've got to make some changes there. I don't want to be saying that anymore. And if it's not something that you want, then we shouldn't be saying it anyhow. <clears throat> Our words will produce for us. Your mouth can make you prosperous or poor. You choose. Now, we could have already heard some teaching on prosperity, about Deuteronomy, or God gives us the power to get wealth. And some time goes by, and some circumstances come up, and then all of a sudden we find ourselves saying, yeah, 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 yeah. Which none of that, yeah, 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 is going along with the Word of God. Going along with what we really believe, and then we'll recognize. And again, the more that you partake of this and growing this, you will hear yourself uttering some things that you don't want out of this. The Spirit of God's aiding you to recognize that. Because He doesn't want to see you go without. He wants us to receive the promises. And so we can make a correction again. I'm going to stop uttering that. I do not want that. I do not believe in that. So therefore, I'm not going to give it entrance into my life. I'm not going to speak it and declare it because I want to believe that the things that I say will come to pass. <clears throat> so we choose those things. We choose those things. Our words will produce for us. Your mouth can make you prosperous or poor. You choose. Your confession goes before. It precedes your possession. We're going to have a confession about what we believe in God's word in the area that we're in this evening having to do with finances, our money and our handling of it. And so we want to be sure that we understand what God's word is telling us about that. And then we speak in agreement with it. In other words, when they receive the offerings here on Sunday morning and it, tithe gets mentioned or whatever, well, we don't want to be sitting there saying, well, I, I brought this thing he calls the tithe. And I mean, I don't know why I'm giving him this thing. I don't, I don't know. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Well, none of that's going to produce anything good in your life. You should understand what the tithe is before you even partake of it. By that, I mean before you give, a, give it into a church because you want to be honoring God with that when you do. The Bible tells us that the tithe, meaning the first tenth, is holy and belongs unto God. So when we recognize what that is, then we can make the decision that we're going to do that. And I really don't know of anybody, as they grew up, whatever part they started in their life, and then they became a tither, or they regularly brought the first tenth that was increased to them for that day, that week, that month, however they do it, I don't know of anybody that's done that that thinks, well, this is hogwash. This is not worth it or whatever. I, I, I never get anything out of it. You certainly don't understand it, and you're probably saying many things wrong if that's your opinion. I can tell you I've been tremendously blessed because I was very fortunate at a young age, the church that I was first in, they certainly believed in tithing and all. And I, I wondered several times myself, you know, when you're living on barely get a long street, we're on the end of the block, right next to Gumball Alley. Sometimes I wonder. So, and but sooner or later, we'll find out about that. The more we want that, because the Spirit of God will always be trying to encourage us. Because He wants you to have better. He wants you to have more. He wants you to have what He has already provided for us. He wants you to be able to partake of it. <clears throat> your confession goes before or precedes your possession. We will be speaking, we'll be saying, we'll be believing, and then we will receive, as it said in Mark. <clears throat> Many times we desire things, but then we try to figure out, well, how am I going to pay for that? You know, and whatever the example would be in your own life. Well, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to have that, whether that, that is a piece of clothing, a new outlet, a refrigerator, or a car, a house, whatever that item is, whatever that thing is, well, let me go to try to figure out, but how am I going to pay for that? Because that's probably going to be X number the narrow here. I mean, well, once a month, once a year, whatever it is, we try to figure out how we're going to pay for it. How about God 
that wants to supply how many of our needs? There you go. I almost forgot that word. He wants to supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory. Well, what's he keeping them up there for? Well, they're there for because he wants you to be able to receive them. He wants you to be able to take and get a hold of those items in your life and my life. And we will do that by believing the engrafted word of God, allowing his promises to have place, entrance into our life. And so many times we desire, but, but we try to figure out how we're we going to pay for them. But God says, I did not ask you to pay for it. I said, say, believe, receive. The same way that he spoke us into being, spoke this plan of planet, the universe, and everything is just magically hanging out there in space. He said it once. And you know, everything out there in space is still obeying his word until he tells us something different. Well, that's how he's made you and I. That's what we are like. We are absolutely like it. We're made in his image and likeness. We see that demonstrated, if you will, in our life by Jesus coming to earth. Did Jesus ever speak to any things? He spoke to all kinds of things, did he not? How about the fig tree? How about the blind person? How about the lady with the issue of blood? How about, how about, how about, how about, how about? He came and demonstrated to them individuals. And then we have the blessing of that being recorded and now passed on in our lives. And so we can thank God for that as well. <clears throat> if you confess a lack of finances, this will stop the money from coming to you. The, the uh, object lesson being, I guess, that we're talking about, you know, praying, believing in our heart, and then we will receive. Well, if we've already prayed about a certain amount of money and we've agreed with God's word and spoken it out of our mouth and then we'll go get into the book just about now anyhow, especially with Brother Hagin bringing about the ministering spirits that work for us, well then there's no sense, no sense in us going along and then making speech contrary to that because that's going to upset the apple card, so to speak. That's going to become null and void. We don't want that to happen in our lives. Okay, if you have your booklets with you, let's go uh, it'll be the third chapter. We ended off last week it's on page 11 and then it's a blank page, so it's actually going to be page 13. Uh, there'll be specific things we want to look at uh, this evening more than others we go through this and so we'll have to see how we may or may not jump over little things but this will be chapter 3 it's entitled it says back to beginnings you can't believe beyond your actual knowledge the Lord said I'll have to correct your theology a little now this is again to refresh your memory this is a book that Brother Hagen wrote many years ago now and it's all when the Spirit of God visited him he actually saw Jesus and he shared many of these things with him, and hence we have this lesson many, many years later now to look at. He's, <clears throat> he's out to correct your theology a little. I'd been indoctrinated with all that religious thinking, and unconsciously, I still thought that maybe it was wrong to have the things of the world. So the Lord said to me, go back to the book of beginnings. I knew he was talking about the book of Genesis. He said, you know I made the world and the fullness thereof. Yes. You know I made my man Adam. Yes. You know it says in the 50th Psalm that every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle upon a thousand hills. Brother Hagin re replies again, yes. It says in the Old Testament that the silver and the gold are the Lord's in Haggai 2.8. Yes, I know that. He said it's mine because I am the creator and I made it. But then I turned it all over to my man, Adam, or Adam. I said, Adam, I give you dominion. Notice again, I said, 
Adam, I give you dominion over all the work of my hands. That man Adam had dominion over the cattle of a thousand hills. He had the dominion over the world and the fullness thereof. He had dominion over the silver and the gold. Then the Lord said, For whom do you think I made the cattle on a thousand hills? For whom do you think I made the world and the fullness thereof? For whom do you think I made the silver and the gold? For the devil and his crowd? No. For my man Adam. But Satan came along and Adam committed high treason and sold out to the devil. I had never heard anybody preach this. Back in January 1950, this was brand new to me, a revelation. Absolutely. A revelation is the Spirit of God working with you, speaking you, impressing your mind when you're reading any booklet, impressing your mind when you're reading the Bible about you seeing something you never saw before. Well, I've read that thing. I don't know how many times I never saw that. That's right. But now... The Spirit of God knows this is the time for you to see this particular thing. That will happen to us right now, not just back Old Testament days. <clears throat> the Lord continued, Adam originally was the God of this world. He ruled and dominated this world. That is what I had planned. When Adam sold out to Satan, then Satan became the God of this world. As it says in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Some people may not understand that that's in there, but absolutely, that's what he became. The Lord said, Now the world can build a dance hall, a honky-tonk, a bear joint, or a theater, put neon lights all over the front of it, and dress it up nicely. But if you want to dress up the church, people say, Oh, no. I expect my people to have the best place in town to meet in. The Lord actually said that. Why should we not have the best place in town to meet in? We can have the best place in town to meet in. God gives us the desires of our heart as we cooperate with his word and his kingdom. That desire can begin to grow and in, in, in bubble up, if you will, in our lives, spiritually speaking. <clears throat> the Lord said, I'm not withholding adequate food and clothing from your children. That's not me. It's the devil. He's the God of this world. And that's, that's referring to something previous in the book from where we started this evening. <clears throat> the money you need is down there on earth. It is not up here in heaven. We need to remember that. And I'm not going to rain any money down from heaven because I don't have any American dollars up here. And if I did rain down any $20 bills, they would be counterfeit. And I am not a counterfeiter. You see, the silver and gold are down there on the earth where you need it. I said in Luke 6.38, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. Down there, down there on planet Earth. You say, well, what's going to make that man give me any money? It's this thing called the Spirit of God and these things called ministering spirits, angels. You say, what? Are you serious? Oh, yeah, I'm deadly serious. And I'll go on, I'll go on. <clears throat> then what should I do, I ask? Well, that's a good question, Kenneth. He replied, in the first place, and this will help you. Do not pray about money anymore. That is in the way that you have been praying about money. And so in, we'll just briefly describe a little bit what that means. 
Many times, especially when people don't understand, they're praying, well, God, I need $100. Send me down $100. Well, you can see now from this little bit of thing here, he doesn't have $100 bills up there. But he absolutely has the ability to speak to Susie, who's got several hundred dollars. And Susie has a heart towards God. And the Spirit of God brings Louie, that's your name for this demonstration, Spirit of God speaks to Susie and tells him about Louie, and Louie needs $100. And however that conversation goes, we don't need to have any part to do with that. All we need to know is God has got a way to bring you something. Did God find out who in the world was ever going to come talk to you about being saved, about the goodness of God, about salvation? I don't want to hear that stuff. Well, he understands that. But he's got a way as time goes on and things work out and things happen. He's got a way to tap Sister Susie or Uncle Louie or whoever to come to want to talk to you about this. And then all of a sudden you're a little bit more receptive right now. <clears throat> Don't pray about any money anymore. That is in the way you've been praying. Claim whatever you need. I never had heard anybody say that about money. That came as a shock to me. I guess my mouth fell open and my eyes bugged out. Well, when the first time you hear something, they can take us by surprise, so to speak. The Lord continued, You say, you what? You pen a letter, you get on uh, Facebook, you send an email, you do what? No, you say. In other words, this tongue that he gave us. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. This tongue that he created us with, you say, Satan, take your hands off my money. Because it's Satan who is keeping it from coming to you, not me. Claim it. Because it's down there on earth. And Satan has the most control of it because he's the God of this world. Say, I claim, naming whatever it is you want or need. People will argue, well, I can believe that God would meet our needs, but that's getting too far out there now when you start talking about our wants. <clears throat> that's just what I said to the Lord. Now, Lord, I can believe that you want to meet our needs, but our wants, and of course the Lord knows Brother Hagin as well as he knows you and I. So he says to Brother Hagin, that's the one he's having this conversation, is you claim to be a stickler for the word. And if you've ever been in any of his meetings, read any of his books, hearing his messengers, that's the phrase that he used to like to use. I'm a stickler for the word of God. I'm going to go by what the word of God says, he would say. In the 23rd Psalm that you quote so many times, it says, the Lord is my, my shepherd. I shall not want. It says in the 34th Psalm, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Claim whatever you need or want. Say, Satan, take your hands off of my finances. Then say, go ministering spirits and cause the money to come. Now that may be brand new to many of us. <clears throat> and if it is, I would just say, in this occasion, if you knew any of the background or the, however you want to say it, the trustworthiness of Brother Hagin, he's sharing this and wrote this book because of that, what the Spirit of God showed him some things. And so then you can see, and I would certainly encourage you to directly look all the scriptures up. Find out what the Bible is saying in itself about this subject that we're on right now. <clears throat> I said, Lord, what in the world do you mean by that? I never heard that. He said, well, did you ever read in the book of Hebrews where it said the angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? No, you've got to be kidding me. You notice I don't have my phone on tonight, though, Pastor, because I got wise, enlightened, I guess, and I got the same little rig on here, so the phone shut off, but oh boy. Revelation. <laughs> Revelation, there you go. <clears throat> I never heard a thing like that before. Now, here we go. 
Now it doesn't say they'll minister to you. It says minister for you. Jesus said, actually, ministering spirits are sent to serve you. For example, you go into a restaurant and sit down. The waitress comes to wait on you to serve that table, to minister for you. You turn your order in, and she goes and gets it. Can you see what he was saying? Turn your order in. Send the ministering spirits out to get it. Saying, go ministering spirits and cause the money to come. I could see it then. For years, angels had been standing around me doing nothing because I had never told them to do anything. And I could imagine them saying to one another, I wonder when that dummy's going to wake up. <coughs> Any, the section in Hebrews there. Over to the 21st page. Angels are ministering spirits. They are spirits, they're ministering spirits. They are sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. That's us. We are the heirs of salvation. Uh, For time's sake, let's jump down towards the bottom of the 21st page. The devil, Satan himself, doesn't do all the work of the devil. He's like the captain of the host. Demons and evil spirits do his work in the earth. They influence people. They speak to people. They try to get people to steal, to commit adultery, and every other thing that is wrong. Of course, the Holy Ghost influences you. On the other hand, angels who are good spirits are also on earth. If you'll tell them to go cause the money to come, they will go and influence people for good. Now, if you can think back briefly in your B.C. days, there'd have been thoughts coming to my mind, well, you know, uh, so-and-so looks pretty good. Uh, I think it's time to go have another drink. Uh, You know, nobody's looking. I could probably grab that 20 bucks right there or something. Those were all thoughts that we probably thought were our thoughts, but we had some help with those thoughts and the, soul, and the source was the adversary. Demons trying to influence us for certain things. Well, the Spirit of God is going to be influencing us for certain things. And the example that we gave is when you claim a certain amount of money that you need and you say to the ministri- ministering spirits, go ministering spirits and cause the money to come, they're going to be able to influence people for good in reference to your life, the same way the adversary speaks thoughts in people's lives to get them to do things in his kingdom of darkness. Uh, Let's go over. Okay, page 22, and right towards the bottom. The Lord instructed me that after I once claimed what I needed, that was to be the end of the matter. I was not to pray or do anything else. If I thought about the situation, I was simply to stay in faith and say, thank God for it is working. And then he goes on and shares about several things in the churches he went to and how that happened in in the next three or four pages that are left in the book. Uh, We're going to run out of time this evening before I have the ability to get there, but we are going to take a couple more minutes here. Uh, I'll tell you this. How many remember last week when I was, uh, and actually I believe I said, if I don't mention that, if I don't get to that, somebody remind me. Well, I got a note reminding me right now. That's the only reason I remember it. And it's a good thing it was on this paper and not on that other one, wherever it is. But I told you I was going to tell you a story in in reference to this congregation again. And I'll be brief. Something about $100. Well, if you remember our times together, the first time I ever had the opportunity to share in finances was just a, a single session. And I felt the Spirit of God gave me the idea to bring a dollar bill for everybody because I'd be sowing seed into life. Now, it was a tangible seed. 
a greenback tangible seed. I'd already been <coughs> sowing the red and the white word, if you will, into their lives also. That seed, seed of the word of God. But this had having to do with finances. And then the next time that we ministered, it was a little longer session. And so if I did it with one, well, we'll do it with five then. So, Oh, no, excuse me. Excuse me. Next time was two. I'm going to get ahead of myself. And I do remember that one sort of clearly because I had to go to the bank and order those babies. You know, tell me I want next time, $2 bill? Go to the racetrack. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyhow, we are the $2 bills, brought them in. We gave them out. The next session was a $5 bill. And keep increasing. I'm thinking, something happening here. So <clears throat> anyhow, whether it was that $5 one, it may even been the two, but an individual mentioned to me, he says, well, when are we going to get to the $100 bill? And I says, progression, first the blade, then the air, then the full con in the air. <clears throat> so I get to thinking, you better be getting ready, Harry. So, uh, <clears throat> but I knew it had you know, a little bit of time in between there because we had just missed in those sessions. So this time, uh, that conversation came up again. And I got to think to myself, well, we're not ready for the $100 bill anyhow because, uh, you know, the next session would be a $10 bill. But this really can't be a, I mean, this really can't be a $10 bill session. It's only going to have, it's going to be two weeks. And, you know, <laughs> thinking things through naturally. And so I'm on the couch early one morning, Spirit of God will say, well, what would be wrong with a $10 bill? Well, you understand that there's no time frame here. He says, yeah, but the point is, it's seed, isn't it? Did you ever sow it before to being seed? When it was one and two and five? Was, well, absolutely expected it to be seed, intended for it to be seed, spoke for it to be seed. He says, well, this one will be seed. So the two weeks really doesn't have anything to do with it, whether it's two weeks or four weeks or five weeks or six weeks, whatever. That really didn't have anything to do with it, right? Hubba, hubba, hubba. I says, you know what? I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. <clears throat> so I didn't have to order them because, as you understand, the bank has plenty of $10 bills. Uh, and so I just had to believe that that was the thing to do. And that is, that is what I'm going to do this evening. Uh, and I think we'll... Oh. Usher and usherettes or whatever the case may be. And uh, I've already had uh, Latasha go up and check. I've already had Latasha go up front and check and find out who was out in the uh, in the front section. So she's going to take care of that for us as well. And then I also mentioned. Uh, that when passed, I don't have that date on me, but I want to say that was 2.23, I think. It'll be on your notes from last week when Pastor talked about, uh, he had mentioned step out in his teaching on the kingdom and all. And I come up afterwards and told him, about, you know, Brother Keith Moore had a song about that. So we're going to hear part of that song for a couple of minutes while the money's being passed out, if you don't mind. If you do mind, you're probably still going to hear it because it's going to be on. <laughs> Could you go ahead and play that, brother? F. Now, guys, this is something you've never heard before, so uh, it goes like this. Turn it up just a little bit, Patrick, if you would. Step out. 
Stop it now. Okay. Worship the Father. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Step Brother Keith Moore is, I call him a samus. I don't know if that's the right term or not, but he does this many, many, many times. I've literally seen him do it many times, and uh, that's something that just would have come to him. And he has it now back there, so I don't know if he'd be able to reproduce it somebody on a disc if you wanted it. But if you listen to that, he just was telling his band that was there ready. I think he said key of F, whatever it was, whatever key it was in. And he just started tapping his fingers and giving them a few sound beats. And if you listen on there, it was only like about 30, 35, 40 seconds into it. He says, okay, now just go ahead and play it. And you expect him to just go with it. And so then he would have the words. Again, that's the Spirit of God doing that through him. Again, that's gifts that God gives to people, and then we flow in it. And so then we're trusting God to do those things. In relation to what we've been talking about, we have the real word, the Bible, the real word. You'll find things in this book that coincide and teach what the real word is telling us. And then I believe what the Spirit of God is wanting us to do, he wants you and I to step out into this. To whatever extent it is to some people, it may be that, well, maybe I should consider the tithe now. To some people, it may be a certain denominational... It'll be something to do in relation to the kingdom of God and finances in our life. Uh, and so that we can be enabled to help and bless others and show them what God's word is saying. And then tangibly with finances, like one thing I said before, wouldn't it be fantastic if the entire church was well able, everybody in the church, well, they regularly drop in thousand dollar checks every week. Now see that may jingle a lot of our minds. Well I don't I don't you know, huh, I don't know about that. Well we don't know about that. And I'm not saying he's going to do that. Now should you have to try to do that, but I'm suggesting to all of us step out. Believe God's word in the area of finances. Look at these scriptures again. Look at the lessons in the book again. Let them become a part of you. And then your spirit man will either agree with that or it will not because your spirit man will have to agree with the word of God before it's going to be able to produce in our life for our words would be able to produce anything. And then let him, which is the only one that's able to do it anyhow, you'll see how circumstances will work around. This will happen. Uh, that will happen for this one, that one, everyone. He does not have any favorites. He absolutely does not have any favorites. 
And so, the, but he wants our lives to be better. He wants our lives to be stress-free. He wants all of our needs to be met so we can live in peace and harmony and then be able to bless others as well. And then they want to know, well, how, how, are you able to, how are you able to do this? Or why would you even want to do it? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Then maybe you can sit down and have a, cu- have a cup of coffee with them or something, whatever, and then we relate something to them. So. But I'll tell you this. I'm expecting to hear testimonies and demonstrations in this church, in our lives, to see what the Spirit of God does in our lives and through our lives in this area. Father, I thank you this evening again for this opportunity to share your word in this area. I thank you for the lives of everybody here. I thank you for their desire and their heart to come out. And I speak your blessing upon them. I say, come thy kingdom, be done thy will in their lives this night and then the rest of their days on earth. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You're welcome. You're welcome. listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.